Right, thank you, Minnie. And thank you, Jerry, for sharing the song with us. When, I, um, when my mom found out that Jerry was going to be here and the topic of the message today, um, she asked if Jerry would be willing to, to share that song with us. So my notes somehow disappeared off my thing, so I'm going to just uh, find them. <laughs> But she asked if Jerry would be willing to share that song with us. Um, it's a prayer, actually, that we've shared in the community before. Uh, it's the Peace Prayer of St. Francis. And so I figured that it was better than me reciting it out loud to you to have Jerry sing it for us. And so it was a beautiful rendition of that song. Thank you, Jerry. And uh, so for today, um, normally we start off by jumping into what we call Lectio Divina. And it's an idea when we read the scripture together and we um, basically reflect on the passage together that we're going to be reading from and talking about in today. But I just wanted to kind of share a few thoughts just to kind of set up, or, well, for me at least, it's set up, um, set up the way that we're going to talk about the passage for today. And how many of you guys have seen the show This Is Us? Right? I, I, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Um, I binge-watched the first season of, of This Is Us on Netflix, and basically, um, I cried my eyes out for like 20 hours straight, because you cry happy tears, you cry those ugly tears, you cry those like laughing tears, but basically, if you ever need to be in your feelings, um, the show This Is Us is, is, is that show, and Glenn probably won't watch it because he doesn't like to be in his feelings. Um, but I love the storytelling of the show, right? Because the, it, it takes us on this journey and it tells you the story of this family. It tells you the adventure that they're on. It tells you the journey that they go through, the heartache, the break, all that stuff, the loss, the pain. And it, but at the end of it, there's a family that is incredibly hopeful, right? And I love how the show brings forth the beautiful story of pain, loss, but ultimate hope, ultimately hope. And no matter how hard things get for the characters on the show, um, and I'm not going to give any spoilers to the show because I really think you should watch it. It's, it's probably one of the best shows that's been done in the last while. Um, but like, like you still end up like you, you root for the characters, you cheer for the characters, you're like you feel for the characters. But at the end of the day, you have hope for what's happening with the characters of the show. And I, I feel like the story of like like this is us. It, it's kind of like the same kind of storytelling method of the story of Jesus, right? It's a story about pain and loss, but ultimate hope at the end of the day. At the end of the day, we move through through the entire story, and we find ourselves wrapped up in the hope, the hope of Christ, the hope of Jesus. And so, in today's message, I want to explore hope um, that we have in light of Jesus, and what that hope invites us into, and. Unlike This Is Us, I, I promise not to make you cry, and I promise not to get you into your feelings too much, I hope, um, except for the feeling of hope, maybe. Um, but before we jump in um, to our thoughts and reflections, I just want to read the passage together. This is where we'll jump into the Lectio Divina, if you could throw it up, Mom. All right. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. That's from 1 Peter 3, 13 through 16. When I, when I read that passage, there's two words that stand out to me, fear and hope. These two words sum up the message of this passage. Do not fear and you have hope. 
hope over fear always. As followers of Jesus, we we can always find hope in the story of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, our hope resides in the story of Jesus, the idea that Jesus changes everything, right? We boldly go into the future because we know that Jesus is guiding us there and that the story of Jesus is one of hope, a hope that we share with each other and a hope that we share with others. As I've been reflecting on this message, I've been thinking a lot about FOS, the future of FOS. I've been thinking about the future of this community. Right, we, we were throwing a few cur- big curveballs just prior to our launch at the end of September. And one of those curveballs um, is that we weren't gonna be able to stay into this, in this facility very long, right? And originally when we got that word, it sounded like it was like an immediate thing. Like we didn't know what the next, like the next week would look like. We didn't know what was gonna be happening with that. And, but ultimately it became, you need to move ASAP. And so you need to move as soon as possible. And so by, like, by grace, like we're still able to utilize the space until we find something. Um, but, but my goal became that we needed to find a place by the end of October that we could, that we could move forward, so we could move forward as a community. Um, but here we are at the end of October and we still don't have a place to land. And I'm not gonna lie and tell you that the news of losing the gathering place didn't freak me out. Like, I don't know like if, who, if everybody that was here, but that Sunday when I, I had to share that Sunday here in, in, our, in, our, in the pre-launch, in our launch team gathering. And for the people that know me well and, and, and know me well, they could be like, it's like, bro, you barely got two sentences out without looking like a zombie. And it was just this, this thing that was replaying in my mind over and over again, like, what's gonna happen to us? What's gonna happen to us? What's gonna happen to us? Um, but in the midst of that fear, there's two people in the community, Jillian and Chris, that automatically responded with words of hope when they found out, ultimately. And, and, and it was one of those things that just, it just kind of was like, they could see, it was like, oh, what's going on? Ask that question, what's happening? And, and I shared it with them. And they both responded by saying this thing, to, this to me. And, 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 and it, 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 it was something that spoke life to me in those moments. God has a better place for us, don't worry. Those words, don't worry. That in the midst of freaking out, in the midst of fear, that somebody speaks hope, don't worry, right? And so now I'm, I'm just gonna be real with you. Like, um, I may look calm and, 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 and collected most of the time, um, but I, in reality, I'm a level five worrier, right? I have a tendency to allow myself to be wrapped up in, in, in worry and, and, it allows, and, and to keep me trapped there. But in a moment of being ensnared by fear, it was people in this community that spoke words of hope that actually freed me to move forward and, and find hope in that moment. Um, and and like, that would, that's what being gardeners of grace is all about. That's what being gardeners, not gangsters, is all about. Like we have, a, we have postures in our community and that's what we've been talking about over this last little bit is the idea, like, like the last series we did was the idea that we are neighbors, not nomads. And this one is that we are gardeners, not gangsters, that we are committed to flourishing, not committed to trying to find power. And but I, I feel like gardeners, it's, it's always about speaking life to something, speaking words of life to something. And like I have, I have a plant that I bought at my house. It's called a snake plant. At least that's what the person who sold it to me told me it's called. And, and I, I, am, I am the worst kind of person for plants. I think I've killed more plants in my life than most people have ever owned, unfortunately. And, but they told me this plant was hard to kill. And so I really, really want to see this plant live. And so I water it every day. And then someone told me, Carl, you're watering it way too much. It's going to die. I'm like, oh, dang it. Okay. So I started speaking. Like every morning I walk up to the plant. I'm like, hey, plant, how are you doing? I hope you grow. I hope you're having a good day. Get some light. Get some water. Do good. And I think the plant's doing well. Like I'm speaking words of life to it, and I'm seeing it flourish in results, right? And so for me, like that plant, I, I, like one of the reasons I bought that plant was I wanted it to be a metaphor for 
for the idea, like we're planting a church, we're planting a community, and I want to, I want to sow life into this, into this plant. I want to see it flourish, just like I want to see our community flourish. And so, at the end of the day, as I said, it's about speaking life into existence by speaking words of hope to one another. And so as I reflected on the passage that we read together, I realized um, that I have, I've been allowing fear to creep back in and take root in my, in my own life. That as I think about the future of the community, as I think about all the things that need to get done still, all the things that we, we're, we've been hoping for but haven't happened yet, that there's this fear that slowly creeps in. And instead of listening to the words of hope, I begin to listen to the words of fear that replay over and over and over again in my head. But as I read this passage, I was reminded, okay, I need to heed these words, fear not. And I need to believe these words, you have hope. And so again, it goes into the idea that hope over fear always. And I began to ask myself some questions in light of this reflection. Like what's the worst case scenario if we hope and risk and still fail? Right, what's the worst case scenario? And then what's the worst case scenario if we allow fear to keep us from risking? And I wanna come back to these two questions at the end of the message because I feel like this message is, is kind of spawned out of and, 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 and it was born out of these reflections. And, and it's one of those things where, where you, you take all these bits and pieces of different things, but all of a sudden you find something that, it's something that comes up that is like the thread that sews it all together. And so in the meantime, like I said, I want, I want to explore the theme of hope over fear. And I, I, want, to use, I want to use a story, a story from the life of St. Francis um, and the story of uh, St. Francis and the Sultan Malek al-Kamil. Um, who here knows who St. Francis is? Right? Okay. St. Francis is one of my heroes. Um, he was a person that, that uh, when you look at his life, he's a, he was a 13th century monk from a small town in Italy. Um, but when you look at his life, you see the story of Jesus, right? You see hope, you see beauty, you see purpose emanating from his life. And we'll call, so like, there's some, like, some great stories of St. Francis. Um, I wish I had time to tell all of them because, like, as I said, he's one of my favorite heroes. Um, but one, one of my favorite stories outside of this one, I'll just share this real fast, was um, he was reading a passage talking about that all of creation testifies about God. And so he was walking down this path, and he sees this group of birds, and the birds are singing. And he's like, whoa, they're preaching me the gospel. And he's walking a little further, and he sees another little animal that's making noise. And, whoa, that creature, it's praising Jesus. And so he stands in front of the birds, and he stands in front of these animals, and he begins to proclaim the gospel to them. He begins to preach to them. And he says, if they're going to preach to me, I'm going to preach to them at the end of it. And, it. and so that's one of my favorite stories. So if you ever see me preaching to, to plants or animals, I'm just, I'm just like following one of my heroes. But to me, Francis, um, as I said, like he's the ultimate example of what it means to choose hope over fear. And the story, of, again, from Francis and the Sultan, and the story goes like this. The story goes that Francis is in the middle of the Crusades, and Francis is on the front lines of the crusade, and he's trying to convince the crusaders to, 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 to no longer fight because there's been so much bloodshed on both sides, on the, on the Muslim side and on the Christian side. And, there's been, and there's, people are just fighting and fighting and fighting and killing and killing and killing. And he's, he desperately wants to see peace happen in the midst of this battle, in the battles. And so Francis, with, along with another one of his brothers, he, he walks across into the enemy camp. He goes into the camp of the Sultan. And he doesn't speak any of their language, and they don't speak his language, but he walks in. Um, 
because he has hope that his presence will change something, that if he can just speak to the sultan, he can convince the sultan that peace is the path that they must pursue, that if the, if the crusaders won't listen to the message of peace, maybe the sultan will mess, listen to the message of peace. And so ultimately, um, they're, they're, they're taken and they're bound up by, by, the different, by the different soldiers, and they're taken in front of the sultan. And he begins to talk to the sultan about peace. He begins to talk to, to proclaim the gospel. He proclaims this message of peace to the sultan, asking the sultan to lay down their arms. And the sultan ultimately recalls his troops and, and refuses to fight any further because we'll call, he said that when he heard the words of St. Francis, something spoke to his heart that he needed to pursue peace. It was interesting that as I was researching that story, actually, um, I, I, I found an article that, that, that talked about that story from uh, a Muslim like, historical scholar, and he shared from their perspective what St. Francis meant to them. And so when he shared the story, he, like, as, like within the Islam tradition, was that St. Francis, the Sultan basically said that, the Fran that St. Francis was a messenger of peace to their people. And they, they, they highly revered him because when they weren't willing to listen to the idea of peace, God sent them somebody to speak peace to them. Right? And, and it was this really cool idea to see that, like, not just from like, the Christian tradition side. Like, I learned that story when I, was in, when I was in Bible college, and it's like, oh, that's so awesome. But then to hear from the other side, and the other side also heard a message of peace, and that St. Francis was not just a Christian messenger of peace. He became this universal message of peace. And so looking at the, like, when we look at the, the, the story of Francis, we see a man who was possessed by hope. Right? He knows that he could die by going into the enemy's camp. And in fact, like, it's actually like he thought he would die. When he wrote notes about this journey, he's like, I go to die, but I hope I can preach peace. And, and, but hope superseded his fear of death. And the hope that he could bring peace in the midst of war, the hope that he could stop the bloodshed. And so Francis walks into the camp of the Sultan and is ready to make a defense for the hope that he possessed. And, 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 I love this quote from Henry Nouwen, and, and when I read the story of St. Francis and the Sultan, this, this quote is something that I was reminded of. Um, Hope prevents us from clinging to what we have and frees us to move away from the safe place and enter unknown and fearful territory. I'll read that again. Hope prevents us from clinging to what we have and frees us to move away from the safe place and enter unknown and fearful territory. Or another way that you could say that, hope allows us to move away from the safety and comfort and step out into a journey, into an adventure, we wouldn't, no matter where it takes us. And we see this lived out in the life of St. Francis. Francis walked into the Sultan's camp unarmed. He knew he needed to go. And the presence that he had, he knew that he needed to go because his presence could be the possibility of change. It could be the outcome, that could change the outcome of these two armies that had been slaughtering one another. The Sultan's response, according to, as I said, the article that I read from the historian, was to call Francis a messenger of peace. The Sultan and Francis became conspirators of peace together in that moment. Francis sought to be present, and he never invoked power in the story. He never walked in and said, in power, I do this. He actually walked and invoked vulnerability and weakness and said, I come willing to die in order that I may proclaim a message of peace. He embraced vulnerability and weakness, the weakness of his presence, and in doing so, the Sultan was one, the Sultan was one as an ally of peace. So being present demands vulnerability and weakness. You cannot be present by putting up walls and clinging to power at the same time, right? It's like they're, they're, they're paradoxical. They don't, they don't fit with one another. But just like Francis, 
I would say your presence, my presence, our presence here matters, right? Being present to hope allows us to be present to others. It allows us to be present to ourselves even. And everyone but Francis thought that the only outcome, the viable outcome for them was war, right? You had these two great armies with their leaders vying for power and war and death were foregone conclusions. Francis believed in the possibility of peace so much that he risked his life to pursue it. And when, he, when we see a world, when we see the world is limited and we fear that we don't have enough or we fear that we won't have control, we often try to use power to our control and to our benefit. But when we see that the world is generous and full of possibility, it awakens us to hope and it invites us to be present in beautiful and ways beyond that we ever imagined. And hope allows us to be present, which allows us to open up possibilities with one another. And fear causes us to seek power, which ultimately limits us. Hope over fear, presence over power, possibility over limitation. So hope calls us, in the words of Henry Nouwen, to move away from the safe place and enter into unknown fearful territory. Hope beckons us to recklessly pursue peace like St. Francis. Hope says we can offer peace when others offer war. Hope says that we can offer hospitality when others offer hostility. Hope is our response and hope leads us into a future of possibility. And I would say this as well, hope is, is, it's the thing that beckons us into the journey of following Jesus. And hope is the thing that says we are on a grand adventure, that obstacles are actually opportunities, that when, when buildings fall through, it's actually op op opportunities to find other places. When things don't happen the way that you thought they were, that God is still making a way out of no way. That's what hope says to us. Mark, um, Mark Scandrett, he's a pastor and theologian from San Francisco. He says it this way. We live up to the story we live under. We live in a time when many people are waking up to the realization that the work and message of Jesus are about the future and the present and represent the potential or for significant healing in every dimension of life. Jesus' life created the possibility for us to live up to a better story, a story filled with hope, beauty, and purpose. Our story says this, fear not, you have hope. And going back to what we said from before, Right? The story says that we always have hope over fear, presence over power, and possibility over limitation. And so I want to return to the, the two questions that I asked towards the beginning of the message. If you could throw those up. So the first question being, what's the worst case scenario if we hope and risk and fail? What's the worst case scenario if we allow fear to keep us from risking? And then, and then the third question is a question that I want to dialogue with us all here tonight is this. What is the best case scenario you can think of if we hope and risk together? And so um, I want to take a moment for us to, to reflect on these questions. Uh, Glenn is just handing out some pens and cue cards and to write your answers down on them. And when you're finished, I, I would love us if we had the opportunity to just share our responses to those questions, like, like to the last question. What is the best case scenario that we can think of if we allow ourselves to hope and risk about the future? And reality is, like, like you could speak about the future of folks, 
Um, but also, if that's not resonating with you at this moment, you can speak about the future, like just the idea of hope in your own life, hope and risk in your own life. Because I feel like one way or another, God is asking all of us to, to hope, and one way or another, God is asking all of us to risk, right? And so, um, if we could just maybe begin to think about those questions, and we could just maybe throw some music on in the background, and we'll come back in about two minutes, or two or three minutes, just give a chance for everyone to reflect on those questions, and we'll, we'll come back. All right, looks like pretty much everyone's wrapped. Okay, so, what I would love us to do is just to take a few moments and, and we could share um, with each other those, the words of hope, right? That we can answer that question together. What is the best case scenario I can think of if we hope and risk? And one of those things that, that if like, you really feel awkward and don't want to say it out loud, it's, it's okay. No one's going to be angry. But, it, but at the end of the day, um, I think like your words are words of hope for, for everybody in this community. So also encourage you to, to share them. So anybody would like to go first? Yeah. Oh, no, just, actually, we just answered a lot. If we can just, we just answered the last one, just the last one together. Uh, what is the best case scenario I can think of if we hope and risk? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't want to share my worst case scenario with everybody publicly, so I don't want you guys to have to do that either. But <laughs> Jesus will return. All right, awesome. We, so we discover a new purpose in life and a new value to it. That's awesome. Okay. Growth. That's beautiful. Growth? Okay, awesome. Success in our endeavors? Okay, awesome. All right. So people seeing God's goodness, miracles, and healing? Awesome. That's all, that's all great stuff. Success? Awesome. All right, so a ladder in each step is success? Awesome. Okay. No, that's beautiful. Success and growth in faith? Awesome. Thank you. All right, that's, uh, that's a little bit much for me to be able to paraphrase off the top, so that awesome things happen for folks, awesome things happen for folks, all right? Awesome, okay, so lessons learned, lives changed in all sorts of different ways, that's, that's awesome. That's great. So more hope, more risks, but ultimately new friends, new family, um, and, a, and a place to just grow together, good summer, okay. Um, I wrote down for me, uh, best case scenario is we see people find a place to reimagine their faith, find community, and participate with God in the reconciliation of, of the world. Um, and so that was, that was my, my thing when I, was, when I was reflecting on that question. And I didn't write it down ahead of time because I wanted to be able to enter into that space with, with everybody at the same time. But I would say this, as we listen to those words that we all shared, we all shared things of hope, we all shared what would it look like if we risk, what would it look like if we hope. And, and, and I would say this, let those words of hope overwrite any words of fear. Let us hope together, be present together, explore the possibility of the future together because our hope is rooted in Jesus. And so I just wanna restate the prayer from St. Francis because I think it allows us to enter into this moment again, to say like hope. What does hope look like? What does peace look like, hope? So Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not seek uh, so much seek to be consoled as to console, 
sorry, to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life, amen. And so with that, I would say as a community, um, I'm, I'm so appreciative of the words of hope that we speak together and I'm glad that we are on this, this, this grand journey together, this great adventure together. And sometimes I think for all of us, or at least for me, I can say there's moments where worry begins to get the best of me. But I really, as I listen to the words of hope that come from this community, I feel encouraged. I feel reinvigorated with hope in the midst of that. And I pray that all of us here, as we go through this journey, like, like when worry pops up, allow words of hope to beat it back and to, 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 to eliminate it. 